listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association's Washington, D.C. office. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Beltway Beef podcast. This is Ashley, and today I'm joined by Debbie Lyons Blythe. And Debbie is a huge champion, a huge advocate for the beef industry. And she is a cow-calf producer with her family in central Kansas in the beautiful Flint Hills. Uh, So Debbie, we are so happy to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, I'm happy to be here. Debbie, do you just wanna start out by telling us a little bit about who you are, uh, your family and your your family's business? Sure, I grew up raising Angus cattle um, a little bit further north in Manhattan, Kansas. And um, I married into a farming family and they, uh, we took over the family uh, farm and ranch um, in the 1980s, but it was started in 1890. So it's one of those multi-generational, you know, very legacy farms that we're really proud of. And, um, you know, that, that just goes in with our, the whole message about sustainability. It just matters so much. Today, we farm and ranch with our um, old, oldest son, uh, Trenton has returned to the ranch about five years ago and is uh, working into being the ranch manager. Uh, my husband works um, off the farm at a bank, so I'm kind of the day-to-day person home. Now that Trent's taking over, it's a little easier. So we have five kids, and they were all raised here on the ranch and all very, very involved, and uh, we raise registered Angus and crossbred cows today. Wonderful. Well, it's certainly a family affair for you all. And I know you all take a lot of pride in raising cattle and raising cattle in the place that you do. Uh, We said earlier in in the beautiful Flint Hills of of central Kansas. So when folks talk about the environmental story in relation to the cattle industry and, and cattle production, you know, sometimes we hear people say that they don't want to eat beef because of environmental concerns. Uh, so I would be interested to hear and what you have to say in response to that. So I like to explain to people how cattle ranchers and farmers are truly the original environmentalists. You know, I talk about the multi-generation um, the situation on our farm, but we all have that same kind of story. And, you know, all the old farmers and ranchers always say, make the land better than when you took control of it. So you have to do that in order to be able to pass it down for it to be in operation for 130 years. You can't have taken poor uh, management of the land. You have to have done a good job. So we have always been focused on that farmers and ranchers have. And there are some really um, basic efficiencies that we can enhance that will totally um, show people what what we do. The other other situation that when they're a little bit hesitant because of the environment, I like to remind them that a lot of the numbers that are quoted are either wrong, misinformation, or um, they are global numbers. And realistically, everybody around the globe raises cattle different. Everybody across the nation raises cattle different. Geography is just so very different, but across the board in America, we are extremely efficient and do a great job raising cattle and our numbers uh, for for, um, impact to greenhouse gases and the environment are actually very, very different than the global numbers. We are actually a tremendous positive impact on the environment in America. I think that's really important to point out and to help folks understand 
the correct information and kind of help decipher through all of the things that are being put out there. But I think one thing that we can all agree on, whether we're a consumer, a producer, a scientist, wherever we fall uh, in this world, that being a good steward of the environment is important. But I think sometimes legislatively, folks have looked at this as a one-size-fits-all approach. And so I'd love to get your perspective on that and maybe talk a little bit about the importance of voluntary conservation for farmers and ranchers. Yes, yeah, so America is absolutely so varied in its geography and there just is not a one size fits all. And to be very honest, you mentioned the Flint Hills of Kansas. That is a small proportion of Kansas. It's only in the Eastern area. And if you would then look North, East and West of us, Kansas is extremely different. So even the same things that we can do here in the Flint Hills won't work even in Western Kansas, right? So every area has to be able to respond to mother nature, to its geography, to its needs differently. So a one size fits all just, just isn't a situation that'll work. But I do think that in general, there are a couple of really important things that everybody can do. And that is just make sure that they're managing their grazing, right? Whether you're on native pasture or um, planted grass or whatever, if you have a grazing management plan, you're already doing a tremendous job in impacting land use, water use, and even the ability to sequester carbon. But that's a, that's a voluntary effort. I mean, we all want to graze right. We all want to be efficient. We all want to use the grass in the best way. That's a voluntary thing to do. And it's going to benefit me directly because my cows are going to do better, right? And I'm going to do a better job with the grass. So if I can just put together a grazing management plan, it makes a tremendous impact. And I think farmers and ranchers in America especially are very independent and they like to do what's right for them. You know, I, I also say a lot of times that I'm very much like my neighbor right? That we do a lot of things the same. We actually work together a lot of times, but also we each have our own concerns, our own labor inputs, our own uh, cow herd. And so we really need that freedom to be able to decide what is the best way to implement conservation measures, for example. So I think voluntary is really the way that America's farmers and ranchers are encouraged to participate. So earlier in the interview, you talked about how your oldest son has come back to the farm and is starting to implement his ideas and starting to take more of a management role. What are some of those newer voluntary conservation practices or, or newer things that you all have started to implement on your farm since he started to come home and, and bring some new ideas? That is a great question. So two things immediately come to mind. Uh, as soon as he came home, we were in a major drought and we actually had ponds that went dry. We pretty much rely on pond water, um, but we had a lot of old windmills um, that, you know, the windmill itself didn't work, but we needed, we had that well and we needed to actually get water, pump water out of the ground. So my son Trent was very interested in coordinating um, with local uh, assistance to um, create a number of um, solar well uh, pumping situations. So we now have in many of our pastures a really great source of fresh water when our ponds are not good. 
So that was one major conservation that allowed us to continue to graze the grass that was still out there. It's just that there was no water. So um, we're in a good situation there. The other thing that we've learned in Kansas, we uh, burn the pasture every spring. The purpose of that is our native grass is all um, very deep rooted. We don't fertilize it. We don't plant it. We don't, we just have to manage it and keep the trees from invading. So by burning this grass, we are truly only implementing uh, a burn on the top part of the grass, burns off the old dead grass and kills off the trees and shrubs that would um, invade the prairie. That then allows those deep roots to stay um, without being disturbed whatsoever. So they are sequestering carbon in a tremendous way. But we had always just burned the whole pasture. Trent has worked again with some uh, local experts that have encouraged us to patch burn, which means that you burn just a portion of a very large pasture. And the good thing about that is a number of different things. First of all, we were really interested in drawing the cows to that freshly burned grass on a side of the pasture that they don't typically graze. So if you burn the entire pasture, it's got fresh grass everywhere, they're gonna stay where they like to be, right? Where there's water, where there's mineral, where there's shade. This far side of the pasture, they just didn't graze very often. So we burned that off and that drew the cows to that area. The other positive for that is it enhances the prairie chicken population. Prairie chickens like to nest where they can see where the predators are coming from, but they like to nest in tall dead grass. So a patch burn is actually perfect because they will nest along that boundary that's between the two groups. They'll nest in the tall grass, but they can see the predators coming from the fresh burned off area. So we have actually enhanced our prairie chicken population. We knew we always had a few, but now I think we have a number of prairie chicken leks happening in that big pasture where we've done a patch burn. It's really incredible just to hear about all of the new things that are being implemented and how that's just affecting the entire ecosystem and, and the incredible benefits that it's bringing. Earlier, you said that farmers and ranchers are, are the original conservationists, but I think there's a really important thing to point out there that while they may be the original conservationists, we're you know, farmers and ranchers aren't using the old technologies or the old, only the old ideas that they had. It's a constant progression of ideas and learning and trying new things and just increasing the value that farms and ranches bring to the land through environmental stewardship. So um, those are all really great things to, to point out. And, and I'm really glad you shared those. And just one quick question uh, before you go, I know you have a, a ranch to run and then a lot of things to do today. But how can other producers tell this story to elected officials? What are some of your tips and tricks for things that they should make sure to share when they're telling this story? I think that is a really important part of all of this. I think we have got a responsibility to connect with our elected officials, both on the local level and the national level. So, so locally, you can really impact um, by just talking to your county commissioners, right? The people that are in charge of making decisions for your county. Get to know them, get to know their names, let them know your name in a positive way that you are looking to help them and support them and show them the good things that farmers and ranchers are doing. And also your state um, officials. Those are really important people um, to spend time with. And especially when you talk to your um, nationally elected 
officials, whether it's your representative in uh, the House, House or in, in the Senate, either one, I think it's really important that once again, they get to know your name and that you share your story with them. So if you specifically have a concern, be sure to share your personal story of, of why that's a concern for you. And I think that really connects with them and helps them to understand the problem um, and your concerns a lot better. I think that's a really good point. We say it every single day here at NCBA. We're in the DC office and when we're talking uh, to folks in DC, the most powerful tool uh, that our team has is producer stories. So thanks for pointing that out and just, you know, continuing to amplify the message and, and the great story that you and your family has. And we really appreciate you being on the podcast today, Debbie. I'm happy to be here. Thanks a bunch. This has been another episode of Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association's Washington, D.C. office. Don't forget to check us out online at policy.ncba.org or catch the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify at Beltway Beef, also on Twitter at Beltway Beef. We'll see you next time.